It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm feeling very patriotic today. You are. You have like a American flag coffee cup. You know, you're just... Yeah. It kind of relates to what we're talking about today. Does it? Well, oh. A little bit. Cool. I'm excited. So first I'm going to ask you, do you know what the acronym Just Empty Every Pocket stands for? No. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know because you don't have one of these, but... I don't have it. pockets? <laughs> Jeep. You don't have a Jeep. Oh, just empty every pocket. Jeep. Okay. Yeah. Is that really like something that Jeep like uses? Well, I don't know if they use, but I think wives of Jeep owners use that. Oh, like empty your pockets before you go off-roading because shit's going to (laughs) fly? No, because you spend all your money fixing this stupid Jeep from a normal Jeep to that crazy beast we have outside. That is true. I only know secondhand because your husband went to Country Thunder with us and took his Jeep off-roading and it cost him like, I don't know, $4,000 just for like one hour of fun because he broke it, right? Uh, Yeah, I think he broke like the axle or something. Yeah, stupid. Anyway... So this episode was really fun because when I was writing it, I went back in time, like way back in time, (laughs) to a little time called 2011 when you were convinced you wanted to start a bumper sticker company. Oh, wait, I don't remember this. Can you remind me? Yeah, you came up with this really awesome saying, just take your top off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we were off-roading. Wait, I think it was, I think I came up with a couple. I feel like one of them was like, I'm more fun with my top off. Or, or maybe, maybe that was the one. Another was- one, I feel like it was like, you should see me with my top off. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember all of them, but I was just cracking up when I started thinking of it because I could literally picture us in the back of the Jeep and just us laughing. It was hilarious. I feel like we always come up with these hilarious sayings, and then when I remember them... They don't make any sense. They don't make any sense. Where did that come from? (laughs) That's the the sign of true friendship, when you have these weird inside jokes that like literally no one else has, but you can still laugh about them. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, if you you can't go back in time to that day, I just have to show you this picture. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a picture of Alexis and I hanging out of the back of... The Jeep, probably in Sedona. There's like red rocks, and we're wearing swimsuits and just living the best life. That was for sure pre kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, we look way too rested and youthful. <laughs> and I'm just laughing that like we have, we are in our bikinis. Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was fine. That maybe was where the take your top off thing came from. For but sure, for sure it was. <laughs> so it was the first time that we took you off roading to Sedona. And, you know, we didn't really ease Melissa into it. We were jeeping and Melissa and I are laughing and all of a sudden we're going off a cliff. Yeah, we, I do remember <laughs> this and I hate adventure, period. Like I do not like that feeling in your stomach when it feels like you're going like down a roller coaster, that like weird 
Ugh. Melissa, okay, I can remember it like it was yesterday. She was squeezing my arm. My circulation was almost cut off. She was closing her eyes, and she was, like, trying to curl into a little ball. And she's like, I don't want to die. Wes, don't <laughs> kill us. That for sure happened. <laughs> and he's like, Melissa, calm down. This is fun. And he she didn't even think it was a cliff. It, it was like a well, fucking hill. We'll put the pictures. <laughs> it's kind of like a hill. But in the Jeep, everything feels like a hill. And you're like, No, it fun. feels like a cliff. Everything or it feels like a Jeep. Cliff. Feels yeah. like a cliff. <laughs> Melissa's like, Fun, Wes, this is not my type of fun. And then we make it down like in like one second. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, Oh. That was fine. I wasn't even scared. Like, and then it acted like she didn't almost have a heart attack in the Jeep. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'll have to show you these pictures because it's hilarious. And you know, we made it. We did not fall off the cliff, but it was fun. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the vehicle that kept you safe when we went off that little hill. <laughs> <laughs> cliff. I will say it's a cliff until I die. All right. To my grave. Um, okay, so here's some background on why I chose to talk about Jeep. Not only is Jeep the other woman in my relationship. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I'm like, Wes, what are you doing? He, like, he spends I, more time with that fucking Jeep than he does with anything else. No, I know. And sometimes at night, I'm like, he's on his computer in the living room, and I'm like, is he watching porn? And then I <laughs> go out, and he's like looking at Jeeps. So he's like, it's, it's the Jeep. same thing to him. He's like, it's Jeep porn, Alexis. I'm like, oh, so weird. Okay, I just don't get that. But... Anyways, it is a pretty badass brand because it's really captured the essence of community amongst its owners. And it's actually kind of like a cult. It's Mm -hmm. creepy Mm -hmm. if you think about it. Yeah. And this isn't just my opinion. Last summer, the Iris Agency, which is based in London and has 14 offices worldwide, tasked 14,000 consumers with ranking 177 brands from favorite to least favorite. Then they asked the same group of consumers detailed questions focused on six brands they would consider purchasing or using. And in the end, Iris coded and aggregated their replies to create its first Participation Brand Index, or PBI. And this measures the return on involvement, not investment. Oh, I like that. I know. It's super cool. Like return on customer involvement in your brand. Yeah. So the PBI ranks brands not on sales or ad buys, but on five pillars of participation. So these are really cool. Passionate purpose, Mm -hmm. culture shaping, Mm -hmm. category innovating, people powered, and distinctive character. Who came up with this? This is amazing. I know. How have I never heard about this before? This agency in London is pretty cool. They they actually are worldwide. Okay. And this guy, Ben Essen, was the global executive and planning director. He said participatory brands are the ones that manage to infiltrate themselves within the consumer world that exist perfectly well without us marketing folk. So he's basically saying these brands are the ones that get the customers super excited and pumped up and like engage in the brand without some crazy, you know, marketing campaign. Yeah, it's not it's like not us marketing people pushing messaging to them. Pull, yeah. yeah, it's pulling. Mm-hmm. So, I thought this was super interesting because you know, two nights ago I went to that EO event and John Rulin, the author of Giftology, was talking about return on relationship. Mm-hmm. And he said, I never measure ROI. He's like, if you can nail return on relationship, your return on investment will skyrocket. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah. And it like, it's insane. So we'll be measuring the return, return on relationship or return on relationship and return 
on in involvement at Serendipit. I like it. Yes. So on the PBI or participating brand index, Jeep is 12th. Wow. Yeah. It beats out Ford, Uber, Honda. Why do you think? I mean, I just know people who have Jeeps are like cultish about it. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. Like it just seems like it's an obsessive, compulsive obsession. Yeah. And it's like, it's because Jeep is people powered. Mm-hmm. So Jeep does marketing. Like they did this awesome Super Bowl commercial with Bill Murray and it was all like Caddyshack themed and, or Groundhog Day themed. And it was hilarious. But really the marketing is like all people centric. Like the, it's just brand advocates. They mm-hmm. talk about it. They're obsessed. They have to show off their Jeep. It's insane. So one people powered thing People powered. We need like a people powered performance process. <laughs> people powered. Okay, keep going. All right. So, do you know what this is? Okay, so I have to describe what you're doing. She's like holding up. She has her thumb out and her and her pinky oh, sorry, and her ring wrong. finger. Oh, sorry. So she's doing like a peace sign, but then she's like she's like <laughs> waving the peace sign up and down. No, I do not know what that is. Okay, it's the Jeep wave. That's a Jeep wave. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a secret handshake for Jeepers. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. And it's so well-known and, ex- like, expected that, like, when I'm driving the Jeep, well, first of all, like, if you see me driving the Jeep. Watch the fuck out. Because <laughs> <laughs> normally I have stilettos driving this stick shift Jeep that is ginormous. But I'm, like, so focused, like, looking all around me to look if there's another Jeep. Because, like, if you don't do the Jeep wave, like, you're letting down the entire community. Oh, really? Like, you're banned or something? Well, I don't know how they'd ban you. But, like, (laughs) you, if you read all these forums, it's like, if you didn't do the wave, like, you should be shamed. Like, you should shame yourself. That's kind of, like, mean girl style. I know. So, you know, I'm, like, always on high alert. You know, you yeah. cannot miss the Jeep wave. And there's this whole thing that I was reading, like, who waves first? Oh, yeah. How did they, like, is there a protocol for okay, that? Okay, so there actually is a protocol. Which, is it like whoever's Jeep is bigger? Kind of. the bigger off-road Yeah, tires? it's like the stock Jeep waves first to the souped-up Jeep. Oh, because if you have a souped-up Jeep, you like should not cool. have to lift your fingers before <laughs> the person who just bought the basic bitch Jeep. <laughs> So now I know, like, I got to look out for that too. Well, you also shouldn't wait first because your Jeep, your husband's Jeep is ridiculous. (laughs) But then I'm like, what if I don't wait first and then I miss it? Yeah. You know, this seems intense. I know. So, I mean, I used to make fun of Wes when he did it. I'm like, oh my God, he was like so intense about the Jeep wave. Then my cousin's husband bought a Jeep and he did it. And he was like, Lex, the Jeep wave. I mean, it's pretty cool that... A brand, like, did they start that? Like, how did customers just start doing this this thing that becomes this unknown, like, protocol you have to do? Okay, so it's so crazy. So there's all these theories of when and why it was created. Some say it was created during World War II, and it was created for soldiers to acknowledge each other as they were going by. Okay. And then others said it was created after the war because most people who had Jeeps were veterans, and everyone else wanted to, like— Honor them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I guess I don't know this, but was Jeep like a military vehicle? Yep. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, And then others, this is the funniest part, say that it actually wasn't started until the 70s when off-roading really took off, and it was a way to salute a kindred spirit out looking for adventure. AKA a hippie smoking pot <laughs> I know. on the trail. But I was like, I want to be a kindred spirit looking for adventure. <laughs> you kind of are. I know. <laughs> 
So the craziest part was it wasn't created by marketers or a fancy agency. It was created by customers. So like in my mind, that's a win. Yeah. I mean, anytime your customers can lead the way with some, you know, kind of stunt for your brand, I mean, that's amazing. You don't have to do the heavy lifting. You just, you know, keep it going basically. Keep it going. And well, the craziest thing that I thought is it wasn't until 2020 for Jeep's 80th anniversary that Jeep actually like use the wave in their marketing. So they created the Jeep wave service promise. So now when you buy a Jeep, they have basically the Jeep wave premium service program that offers peace of mind and no charge maintenance for three years. Well, that's good because the reason my husband would never let me get a Jeep is because they break down all the time. So the three years service maintenance. Especially if you try to (laughs) off-road. For sure. So Ben Essen of Iris, that agency that did the PBI index, Mm -hmm. said three out of four brands are failing to build any type of emotional engagement with consumers. And consumer apathy is three times higher for brands that fail to engage them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the wave is just one thing, but... Let's talk about some other cool things that Jeep has done. Okay. Because they are number 12 on the participating brand index, and other brands should really, like, try to get on this bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember this because, remember, I don't like watching the news, and especially during quarantine, it was, like, so depressing to yeah. watch anything. But I guess in December 2020, okay, get ready. This is creepy. Okay. This helicopter was out flying around Utah. There's these group of men that were looking to go hunting and explore the wilderness. And they spotted a mysterious metal monolith. Do you know what a monolith is? No, I don't. Okay, I get, I'm seriously getting the chills. It's super weird. So it looks like a piece of art, but it's a metal statue, essentially, that is firmly placed into the ground, and it's impossible to move. How did it get there? So they were flying their helicopter above, and they saw this, like, shiny thing in the ground, and so they wanted to stop. Yeah. And so they stopped, and they're like, what the hell is this? And then it generated all this buzz because it was like... Who put this here? They couldn't move it. And then, get this. What? Another one mysteriously showed up in California. This may... How how then mysteriously show up? Where did they come from? Who puts them there? This... I do not like this. This is supernatural shit. That's what it is. Then, a week later, in Romania. Then India. It's like all over the news. So was it... So... I have to understand this. Was it one place and then all of a sudden it was another place or were they just multiplying? Multiplying. Really? And it's like, it's kind of like, did you ever see that Flight in the Navigator movie? Probably not. It was no. super old. <laughs> but it was it was like alien stuff. So if you think about it, it's all over the news. You have to Google it. It's Everyone says it's supernatural. Like it's so crazy. But what's cool is Jeep and High Dive, their agency at the time, decided to news jack this baby. Okay. And they created an incredible stunt. So they repurposed the mysterious monolith into a charging station for the Jeep Wrangler plug-in electric vehicle. That's cool. Wait, so did they actually repurpose it or was it like a digital repurpose? Like they made a picture and made it? No, they got a Jeep out there and they like created this thing that looked like it was plugging in and they put a sticker on it and they took all these pictures and it just blew up. And then they posted on Facebook. Well, I feel like that could be bad juju. Like, should they fuck with that? I mean, you should see these videos in India. People are like trying everything to get this thing out of the ground. They're pushing it. They're like, it will not get out of the ground. That is the, I need to learn more about this. That's crazy. What if one mysteriously shows up in our front lawn in the office? I need to check with my favorite crime podcasts on this situation. I don't think it's crime. It's supernatural. No, but there is. There's like, there's a podcast I love called 
supernatural something. It's one of like Crime Junkie spinoffs. I need to check it out. I wonder if they covered it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so at the time of this post on Facebook, it became the top static social post on the Jeep channel in less than 24 hours. Wow. It had the most reactions like year to date, over 102,000, and the most shares, 15,000 shares. Wow. And the second most comments, almost 15,000 as well. And on Instagram, it reached number three in 2020 for the Jeep channel. So like of all the content on the Jeep channel, it was like the number three post? Post, okay. yeah. 257,000 likes and over 3,000 comments. And it was also Jeep's number three tweet of 2020. Wow. Well, that's cool. I mean, I wonder how much they had to invest to get like, was it hard to get the Jeep up there? No, it's like in, you can, you can, oh, okay, got it. I just envisioned, because like you said, they were like helicoptering over. I was like, maybe it's hard to get to, but. I don't think so. I think you can like off-road and you can get there. So it was like, Costs nothing to do this. Like they created, they use this little cord. Again, I'll put the picture in. It's crazy. Okay. Okay. Another one. They did another cool stunt, but they kind of positioned it as a contest. The world's most remote dealership. So Jeep gave Aussies. So like Australian people? Oh yeah. Australian (laughs) people. The chance to snag an ultra affordable Cherokee. Is there an ultra affordable Jeep? No. Not in my mind. Okay. But... They said that you could get one of these for only $10,000. But if you know what a Cherokee longitude costs, it's like base 30. Oh, okay. okay so like so, it was a steal. Yeah, it was a steal. So everyone was like super excited about this. It was the buzz was on all the Jeep forums, like all over social media. And what was the premise of it? So if you could find this Jeep and it was like a this, Jeep or a dealership, you said. Well, you had to find the Jeep and it was going to be a remote dealership. So you could shop like in the middle of the outback. Oh, crazy. I know. So in order to get the exact location of the dealership, customers needed to download an app and then they would release the phone number at 9 a.m. Australian time on Thursday. Okay. So the first 10 people who would call in and prove they could afford to finance $10,000 would get the location to the remote dealership. Well, I have to say that's smart about the financing requirement because they probably collected a ton of information for like qualified customers like to you know that actually could afford Jeeps, right? That was the brilliant part. Yes. It was insane. Over 49,000 people downloaded the app and the call center was just like off the hook. It recorded 30,000 phone calls like and at, right at 9 a.m. Oh right at 9 a.m. But it was kind of a problem because the phone lines were like you kind of couldn't get through. So people were a little pissed and they were writing all over Jeep's Facebook page. Like, I mean, they should have been prepared. I don't think Jeep realized that it was going to be 30,000 people calling because it was from all six Australian states. People just went nuts. Yeah. They're like, where? Because they had no idea where this dealership was. It could have been anywhere in Australia, right? Yeah, Australia is huge. Yeah, so that was crazy. And so they, they, in hindsight, I think Jeep should have planned a little bit more. But they also were pissed because apparently... The phone number was leaked the night before on a Jeep forum. Oh, they for sure did that themselves. I know. I'm I saying mean, because here's the deal: people were angry, but you couldn't even call the, the the phone lines weren't even open until 9 a.m. So it was brilliant because they leaked it on forums to get more. So I guarantee you, someone was like, "Let's do this," but then they didn't think about adding more call center people. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean that's crazy, but I mean smart because in those Jeep forums, those people are obsessed. Yeah. So people wrote. 
absolute farce. Oh, I like your like accent. You started going for it. <laughs> I cannot do it. Uh, the number wouldn't even connect, let alone ring. So people were they were pissed. Pissed. Truly a waste of my time, Jeep Australia. How could you go through the promo with knowing it, the number had been leaked? But again, the number was leaked, and it was brilliant because they got thirty thousand callers, and you couldn't even. Like, the phone number wouldn't even work until then. Yeah, so, oh, well, I mean. So, so there was no, like, cheating. It was totally fine. So, in my opinion, that was so smart of you. Yeah, I mean, what a great way to collect just customer information. I mean, you're building a database of qualified customers, probably. Yeah, and here's the deal. Again, people were qualified for that $10,000 Jeep, and they would go looking for this remote dealership. But then now Jeep has an opportunity to give those 30,000 people yeah. Or the qualified ones to all their dealerships and sell how many yeah, cars. Totally. I was kind of bummed because you couldn't see, like online, I searched forever and I couldn't see how many Jeeps were actually sold because as a that. result. Yeah. But I mean, the buzz was really cool. Of course. I know that's like really current stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was fascinating is that, you know, Jeep has been around, you know, they're extremely iconic. They've been around since the beginning, since actually World War II. Jeep was one of the most iconic cars. Were they, was about. it produced for the war, or was it was it like a consumer vehicle first? No, produced for the war first. Oh, okay. And so one of the most iconic advertising campaigns during World War II was for the Willys Overland Jeep. Okay, is that the original name? The Willys, yeah. Oh. Look at this. It's like a hand-painted Oh, it's so ad. cool. It's really cool. It's like an artist rendering. Like, it's like a painting. Yeah, it actually was hand-painted by an artist. And it was it, like a magazine ad. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's I mean, so it's cool. pretty. So Jeep was specifically designed as a vehicle for the armed forces, but its creation had a ton of controversy around it. Okay. Because Willys Overland civilian engineers said it was created by Jeep. Yeah. But in fact, American Bantam and Ford were also involved in its development. Oh, and they didn't get the credit. They were pissed. They didn't get the credit. So the Willys Quad, it was originally known as the Willys Quad, Mm -hmm. was similar to that of Bantams and Ford, but it won out because it had the Go Devil engine that had better power and performance. Okay, that you're speaking a language that I just don't. I'm I'm trying. I'm following, but I mean, I'm not. I want a Go Devil engine. Like what? Is it just like a super fast engine? I guess I don't know. (laughs) So, but Jeeps aren't like super fast, are they? Or are they just like? I mean, it depends. That's the other thing. Wes wants to put this super fast Corvette engine. I'm like, I'm so confused. So nearly a week after the attack on Pearl Harbor, they ran an ad in the Saturday Evening Post hailing the Americar as the Jeep in the civvies, which meant the Jeep for civilians. Oh, cool. So that's when they really like wanted people to get excited about owning their own Jeep. Yeah. Because... Again, during the war, production for civilian cars were stopped, Mm -hmm. but Jeep was smart. They kept running the ads, and they realized, okay, this is a great war vehicle, but they actually, they're like, we're going to find success post-war with farmers. So Willys created a 90-acre victory garden for its employees in which Jeeps were used to help plant crops. Oh, that's cool. I know, because again, Jeeps back then, the Willys, like, the back was really low, so you could put... It's almost like the Polaris. So the back's low, so you can put all your tools, and then they would hook a trailer to it to, you know, help them plant crops. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, farmers love it, so let's figure out a way how to market to businesses and families. 
1943, Jeep production began, and the civilian market was, like, underway. Mm -hmm. And so they're already just obsessed. Like, everyone's excited. They saw the images during the war. They couldn't wait to get their hands on the Jeep. So then the Americar Willys ads all all of a sudden start phasing out, like, the war Jeep Mm -hmm. and start focusing on, the like, the Jeep in the farms and the Jeep that was, like, for families. And it was... Awesome. Mm-hmm. So in 19, September 1943, in the issue of Motor, the company ran an ad featuring a letter from little Sarah L. Moore of Mystic, Connecticut. So she wrote Willie's in hopes of receiving pictures of the Jeeps she loved. Oh, that's cool. It's super cute. Like, like a little girl had an obsession with cars, which is probably, number one, really unique in that time, but, like, also, how cool. Well, and you know what's so cool is, like, we'll drive around and we'll park Wes's Jeep somewhere, and kid, like, little kids, instead of saying, I like your car, they always say, I like your Jeep. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they know they it. the brand recognition, it's like, so right crazy. away. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So, little Sarah Moore was obsessed. She was super excited, and the letter is so heartfelt and sweet that it was brilliant of Jeep to publish this because they thought millions of Sarahs would see this ad or their parents would see it and they'd say, this is a great family vehicle. Mm-hmm. So Jeep post-war became the number one hero, the Jeep of the cities. Oh, I love it. And I love that they use Sarah's letter as an ad, right? Which is so cool. Okay. So years pass and obviously like so many people Jeep is an iconic brand, and what's so cool is so many companies were just like, how can we be like Jeep? Mm -hmm. So what they did is they created aftermarket accessories that would allow them to join in on the Jeep conversation. Oh, like brands that weren't producing Jeeps wanted to get in, so they like made things for Jeep. Yeah. So it wasn't just the conversation they wanted to join in on. They wanted to join in on this Jeep movement. Mm -hmm. So it all started in the 1970s when off-roading became super popular. Mm -hmm. Remember for that kindred spirit? Yep. That's like your hippie husband. (laughs) Speaking, one last thing. When you see these pictures back in the day, Wes's hair was like long. Long and flowing. (laughs) Hippie kindred spirit. Okay. So Warren is a winch company. Okay. And so they were... Wait, I don't know what that means. What's a winch? It's one... You put on the front of your Jeep and it's like a rope. So when you get stuck, one Jeep (laughs) puts its winch rope out and ties it to the next Jeep and like reverses or drives so it can help it pull it off its side or pull it out of a ditch. Okay. You know? I think it's crazy that they have to have that. But Your husband knows very well and um, his buddy when they... Rolled their car. It helped. So it's very critical to have a winch. So Warren was super excited. They're like, we need to get in on this movement. And so Warren developed these ads with Jeeps on Black Bear Pass, which if anyone knows what Black Bear Pass is, it's one of like the freakiest trails in Colorado. Ton of people do it. Wes keeps trying to do it. I said, go by yourself. Don't bring me or the family. Just make sure your life insurance policy is like paid up before he does that. So scary. So if you look at this ad, there's like one inch of road on the side. It's hugging the wall, Mm -mm. one inch of road. Mm -mm. So this was like crazy for the times in 1970s. They're posting this Jeep on a cliff, but front and center is that winch. So the ads, people were obsessed. 
And these ads were super successful. And then all of a sudden, all these, you know, Warren's in the conversation. They're in the Jeep movement. Everyone mm-hmm. had to have the winch. And so all these other companies started creating aftermarket parts for mm-hmm. Jeep. And so they could get in on the conversation. Crazy. Yeah. But after all this research, I have a whole new perspective and appreciation for the brand. I think it's so incredible that they've created such a following and such passionate customers that really do their own marketing for the brand. Yeah. There was one thing that I saw, I I think it was in the UK that I thought was the coolest thing that Jeep, but that any, I'm not a car person, but I saw this and it stood out to me. They created fake parking spots in like the weirdest of places to show all the, ra- like, and it said like Jeep parking here, like all the random places you could park your Jeep, like up halfway a stair and like on a flat ground, like up on a building, like in just a fake, like an outlined parking spot. How cool is that? Like that's and it was, a cool little grassroots campaign. You yeah. Know? And all they needed is some white tape. Yes. I thought that was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. The I actually saw that too and I was going to talk about it, but my only thing with that is I feel like if you don't really know what a Jeep is or capable, you're like, would be a little confused. Like, what is Everyone knows what it's... I think they have so much widespread brand recognition. Even if you don't own one, like, you're familiar enough at this point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think my next goal is to develop a brand that has a secret handshake. I mean, that would be amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, that Jeep wave is so cool. It is. And it's really cool to see how the customers drive the entire conversation. I mean... Seriously, how much does the brand really have to invest in marketing at this point? Well, now the Bronco is giving it a run for yeah, its money. Yeah. So they haven't had to do a ton of advertising until really this year. And Bronco's done an incredible job on social media because if you know Ford Bronco, I mean, my grandpa had a Bronco and the OJ Bronco, like it's really famous. So Bronco has created like the fancy Bronco now, and it like rivals Jeep. It's off-roading, the engine's better, all this stuff, and it's sexy, so women are wanting it. So now Jeep's like, okay, they created the electric vehicle, they're creating like fancier packages for women, and so now they're having to advertise. But again, if you talk to anyone, they're like, Bronco is cool, but they'll never have the following that Jeep has. Isn't Forerunner similar? Well, I think Forerunner's getting up there, yeah. Yeah, crazy. So, all right, well, I just want to thank my sources. Adweek, article on Jeep repurposes the mysterious Utah monolith and NBC News aliens or mystery was an awesome article. And then I found a ton of cool stuff on um, for, just Jeep forums, which I'll, I'll link in the notes. Awesome. Well, good stuff. Well, I hope you loved this episode and you can follow us on Instagram at willitstickpodcast. You can also visit us at willitstickpodcast.com and check out Instagram for those old 2011 <laughs> pics. And I want you to put up that like Saturday evening post at like the painted one. It's so cool looking. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to link everything because they're pretty impressive. And the worn Black Bear Pass. Freaky. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening and please leave us a review if you like what you heard. Peace out. Bye.